Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this absolutely sweltering Monday night in London, we're going to be discussing, for your your listening pleasure, The Eaters of Light, the latest episode of Doctor Who. And I'm not joking, it is sweltering, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it is absolutely boiling. My God. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not so much questions of, of whether... English people are designed for this. English people's houses are not designed for this. No, no. Well, it's especially not designed for podcasting because you've got to keep all the windows and doors closed to make sure. <laughs> yes. And no background fans, in, you know, sort of uh, making a noise on the microphone. So, yeah, we're, we're suffering for our art, Paul's, I'm going to say. Yes. Yeah, so if you, if you can call it that, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> And everyone gets the chance to suffer for our art later. <laughs> Okay, everybody. So uh, this week, actually, it's going to start things a little bit different this week because we're going to go jump straight in with the stats. So let's run straight over to Omega Stats Corner. Okay, and the um, overnight viewing figures for the Eaters of Light are in, and it has a audience figure, overnight audience figure of two point eight nine million viewers, which was, believe it or not a 22% share of the total TV audience. Um, now, this is actually the lowest um, viewing figure um, for Doctor Who. Um, actually, it's actually been... What was the one that actually got the, the, the low one the other week? They said that... The Lie of the Land did, didn't Lie they? The, uh, was it Lie of the Land? Which just beat Battlefield, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Um, no, this, this is worse than Battlefield, I think. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it does appear because we've had some very very good weather in the UK that appears to have um, made the, vi- the viewing figures across the board take a massive hit. Really, isn't it? It's just too hot to sit and watch television. It has, yeah. Um, interestingly, though, the show that Doctor Who made way for um, in the schedules, Pitch Battle, this new um, singing competition, another singing competition on the BBC, um, only received two point three million viewers. Yes. So um, interesting to see if the that trend continues as the weeks go by. Yeah, the viewer figures seem to have got better as as it got darker, didn't they? It, yeah, it did actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, but I mean, it, even a you know a viewing figure that low still managed to get twenty two percent of the TV audience. Um, I think it just goes to show just how little people were watching television that evening. So. Yes. <laughs> it was marvelling at the little, little bright light in the sky. <laughs> exactly, paying homage to it <laughs> with beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Now the audience appreciation index for Eaters of Light was eighty-one, um, which is I think is slightly down on um, recent times, but still a good score. Yeah, I think it's the lowest it's of this series, isn't it? Uh can't remember. I don't think, think 83, 82, 83 might have been lowest before. Maybe, maybe. Honestly, I can't remember. I'm not that bothered, really. So. <laughs> I was going to say, say, one of us would be paying attention. <laughs> well, the highest um, AI for the AI for the evening, I'll say that again, uh, was for Casualty, which scored 85. Yes. So there we go. <laughs> People getting looking up for tips on how to deal with burns, probably. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I managed to sort of avoid the sunburn. Being a redhead, I do burn very, very easily. But um, anyway, nothing yes. about my problems. Um, now, the, we, we haven't got the final viewing figures um, for the Lie of the Land yet. That hasn't... Obviously, we're, we're recording far too early for that. So um, so if when that does come in, we, maybe we'll sort of post them up on there on the Facebook group um, if anyone's interested. And that includes us. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> right, OK. So let's get on with the news then. Um, now... 
it was announced um, today, actually, that the magazine Doctor Who Adventures is to pause publication. Not cease publication, pause publication, which is a bit of a... I've never heard of a, a publication pausing before. Um, yeah, they've probably got as little news as we have and as little to say as we have, Gene, yeah. when there's no Doctor Who on. Yeah, well, no, apparently, well, Doctor Adventures is is a magazine a a sort of aimed towards the six to thirteen year old um, age group, yeah. um, and it's more to do with sort of you know sort of little puzzles and and games and and, and, and things like that in there. Um, but I think the circulation has sort of fallen or, or dropped off quite considerably. Um, so I think in two thousand ten, so the article says it had a circulation of fifty six thousand, and it's now fallen to um, just over ten thousand. So that's in, yeah. in the last audited period, period which was the second half of 2016. Um, so maybe that's the reason why. Maybe they're just going to see what happens. Don't know. Or we'll bring it back in another form. There's been no reason given. That's that's the weird oh. thing. Um, it does say digital subscriptions will be converted to subscriptions for Doctor Who magazine or can be cancelled. So that sort of statement it seems to suggest it's not going to come back. Really? No. Hmm. No, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So unless they're just trying to give people value for money, because obviously you, they've got a the pay for a subscription, they're not going to get because it's because it's, it's been paused, which is um a bit weird, a bit weird. So, mm. so the next edition um will be on the twenty second of June, and that is it basically. After that, no more until um so we sort of figure out what what the hell is going on. It's just really peculiar. Really, really yeah. peculiar. So, um, anyway, so some other breaking news um, that happened up whilst we've been away. Derek Jacobi is going to return to Doctor Who as the Master for Big Finish, or rather, as they call him, the War Master, actually. Yes. Um, great stuff, actually. Great stuff. I, I must admit, I, I didn't think that would happen, to be honest. No, just mainly because how they'd fit him in, to be honest. Well, yeah. Uh, I know. Um, I think everyone's sort of lamenting the fact we've got we've got a war master that will never meet the war doctor. Um, I think yes. everyone's sort of salivating at the thought of Derek Jacobi and John Hurt together on Big Finish would 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 have been amazing. Um, yeah, because you you do wonder how long have they been chasing to get this, and was the original when they started? Yeah, was that part of the idea? Maybe, maybe, but um, but it appears it's going to be. Um, I think it says there's four stories um, announced so far. So you've got beneath the the Viscold by a uh, Viscoid. Sorry, I can't, can't read me over. My God, I need new glasses. Beneath the Viscoid by Nicholas Briggs, uh, the Good Master by Janine H. Jones, the Skyman by James Goss, and the Heavenly Paradigm by Guy Adams. So at least we're getting four stories. Fantastic. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so apparently volume one... I've oh, just oh, looked sorry, at the yes. synopsis to the last, the last story. Yeah. It says, when his plans approaching fruition, the master travels to Stamford Bridge in the 1970s. <laughs> He's going to get a kicking there. I exactly. <laughs> Is it a location he believes that might hold the key to his success. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Well, this is available to pre-order. Um, on CD as a box set for um, £23 or download of £20. Yes. Okay. Oh, and it's also available to pre-order in a bundle in upcoming releases, Gallifrey Time War and Tales of New Earth. Uh, and that's on CDs worth um, £63 or download £54. 
So uh, I, I'm, um, I might just go and just get these. I think actually, I might just get the pre-order in yeah. for these. I got, I got a feeling. I sort of might, might sort of treat myself to these. Um, just different to have a story featuring the master as the, as the like an anti-hero, basically. Yeah, something a bit different. But it, but it gives him a chance to be a, the hero, doesn't it? If he's he's in the time war, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what what these stories bring. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Um, now in DVD news. Um, now I know sort of some time ago there was um, a DVD release called the Doctors, the John Pertwee years. Um, which is, I think, basically just sort of a collection of interviews with um, people that work with John Pertwee on Doctor Who and also sort of archive footage of John Pertwee being interviewed. Uh, they've done one for Patrick Troughton now. Uh, it's called The Doctors, The Pat Troughton Years. Um, this was released uh, last week, actually. Mm. And um, now it's something we're going to be, um, well, one of us at least, will, <laughs> will be reviewing uh, for the podcast um, in the near future. I'm not too sure how we're going to bring that to you yet. But basically, um, it's like a, a box set of the uh, Myth Makers interviews that were conducted um, sort of over the last 20 or so, even longer than that, I'll, I'll probably think, um, or so years. So um, it's like a little box set, but it's all dedicated to people who, who works with Pat Troughton, as, as I call him here, I call him Patrick yes. Troughton. So um, and it, it does include... Um, a sort of a, a rare footage of Patrick Trent interviewed at, at a convention in 1985. So um, it's sort of worth looking. And that's about the only bit I've managed to watch so far, actually, because right. there's over five hours worth of content on there. So um, it's sort of quite worth the. Um, it's, it's worth a. I think it probably is worth the money if if that's your thing. Um, but as I say, we'll be reviewing it properly um, in in the near future. So, um, but I think to order from Amazon, we just bring up the link here because I forgot to do that before we um, started going. It's available for nine ninety nine, which mm. I think is quite a reasonable price for for over five hours hours worth of content, actually. Yeah. So, um, but it, we'll be bringing um, sort of our thoughts on that in the near future, or basically when I finish watching it. So, <laughs> so there we go. Now, um, also. During the week, actually on Saturday, the Queen's Birthday Honours list was um, was released or announced, whatever you want to call it. And there's been a fair few actors who appeared in Doctor Who are being honoured. So um, first up, we have um, June Whitfield, who's been made a dame, Dame June Whitfield. Um, I think that's quite appropriate, actually. Yeah, yeah. My thing on this was that she wasn't one. I was surprised she wasn't one already. I know, I know. Um, Has been an absolute staple of the British comedy scene. Oh, for God, yeah. Years, yes. <laughs> for for most of the British comedy scene. Yeah, well, since the if, well, if, since the nineteen fifties when she first appeared yes. on radio. So um, that's how yeah. long she's been in the public consciousness in, in the UK, anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, amazing. Absolutely, mate, and, and it's say like long overdue. Uh, the next one is Sarah Lancashire, um, who appeared in Parts and Crimes, Miss Foster. Um, she's going to be given an, an OBE. Um, David Walliams is also going to be made an OBE. Of course, he played uh, Gibbis in The God Complex. And I hope I'm pronouncing this actress's name correctly. Uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, um, she's going to be made an MBE. And obviously, if you remember rightly, she played Tish Jones, um, Martha Jones' sister in series three of Doctor Who, um, but yes. she's she's gone on to bigger and brighter things since then. 
because yes. I'm on an evening standard award for best actress um, in theatre award. I should say for best actress. So, um, so in case you don't um, remember what the um, sort of the, the, the BE stands for in all of these awards, it stands for British Empire. Yes, well, if that means yes. anything anymore, I don't <laughs> actually know. Yes, so. yes I'm not, not, not quite sure how to react to that. No, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I think some people have called for it to be overhauled. Actually, sort of some yeah. imperialistic trinkets, maybe as I think someone called it. But um, anyway, anyway, it's good to see Dane Dane June Whitfield at last. That's a that's a yes. that's a big tick in my book. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yes, we're not we're not calling for her to be overhauled. No, no, we certainly are not. We certainly are not. Now. Um, as we all know, the Doctor Who experience uh, was due to close this summer. We now have an official closing date. It will close on Saturday the 9th of September. Um, end of an era, really. Yes. I, I, I still can't believe that it's all just going to be packed up and... No, I can't. Put in a, put in a storage uh facility somewhere no no i it's, it's unbelievable it's actually unbelievable um now between um sort of now and then they've got a few like special events or special things coming up um to feature in there so um on the 8th of july we've got series 10 content uh will be made available to see in there which will have um props costumes and sets from the series um, and also join the Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackie costumes, which are apparently already part of the, the exhibition. Um, <clears throat> I presume we'll get a few Cybermen, will we? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Cybermen. Yes. Yeah, so well, apparently on the 22nd of July, it will host its final monster event, which will feature Cybermen as, as its main theme. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Not surprising. No, exactly. Then on the 5th of August, um, there's going to be a Doctor Experience cosplay celebration. So it's going to be like the biggest celebration yet. So you just be able to visit, and you're encouraged to go dressed as your favourite Doctor Who character or, or monster. Mm. There we go. And then on the um, as we talked about, I think it's last week, wasn't it, about the re- um, rest- restored Yeti mask from the Web of Fear. Um, I think that's going to be on show there as well. Mike Tucker, who restored it from the model unit, um, will be on the eighth of July to reveal it to, yeah. to, to, to visitors. So um, yeah, so there's a, quite a few things to um, to go for. The um, I think the tickets for the final premiere release will be from Friday the 16th of June. Now, I actually looked because I'm going to be not in Wales around in, in that first week in August, but um, I'm certainly going to be down that part of the world and in the southwest. Um, and I was thinking while I'm down there, I think a, a day trip to to Cardiff. I thought, and I can. I know my son would love to. I think both my kids love to go there. Um, I thought maybe I'd sort of take that chance and actually go before it closes. Um, yes. Whether and I will be there in the week where they're going to do the cosplay celebration. So um, we'll see. We'll see if I can make that one because that would that would be quite that would be quite something to to behold. I would mm. say. So um, yes, we'll yes your family enjoy that day out. Whether they, they would do or not. <laughs> they would do. Now, I think, I, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to go. Um, I know, my, I know, his son certainly would like to go anyway. So I think that at least two out of the four of us will <laughs> will be attending yes. if I can get tickets. Um, but I must admit, I did try looking for tickets for August into September, and they're only taking bookings up until July when I last checked, mm. and that was only sort of um, that was sort of pretty much towards the end of last week. So. Um, 
Although if they've we'll only see. just extended it, then yeah, may well be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Now, um, we're gonna the last news item we've got. We're gonna end on some some sad news, unfortunately, and it sort of news broke shortly before um, we started recording. Um, is the actor and children's presenter Brian Kent has died at the age of eighty three. Um, now, to Doctor Who fans, uh, know he played um, Kirk Gantry um, in the first episode of the Daleks' Master Plan. And replayed um, Chairman Tensor in two episodes of The Dominators in 1968. Um, yes. But I think for people of our age group, um, as Bon and Paul's age group, he's known mainly for um, sort of like Camberwick Green, Trumpton, Chigley, Play Away, Play School. Um, I mean, the man yeah. was an absolute legend in our day. He really was. He was. I. He was children's TV. He was. There is there is absolutely nobody that it gets even close. No. To to children's TV as much as he he was. That that was it. That was. I could quite happily have uh, just watched that stuff again. Now, the uh, Trumpton and Chigley. I just yeah. I, if it's on, I will watch it. Still, it is still. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that my, was in nineteen sixty six. All those yeah. were made, weren't they? Um, that that sort of the, yeah, the was it the Trumpton trilogy, yeah. whatever you want to call it. That um, somewhere I, I, I have all the annuals. Well, I, have you really? Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I was going to say because there was one night I can't remember. We went round to to your flat. It was I wanted to record a commentary. It was a few years yes. ago now, wasn't it? Um, yes. To record a commentary or, or some, something else. And whilst we were waiting for a taxi to arrive and we're finishing our drinks, said, "Oh look, I've." You downloaded off of your um, Virgin box, um, for yeah. those outside the UK, it's a, a cable TV provider. Um, all of the sort of Camberwick Green, Trumpton and Chigley series. Yes, I made you watch that. And we were, no, not made, I, again, like, you know, I quite happily sat down and watched yeah. that. Um, it's so, if anything sort of sums up my childhood, it's sitting down in front of the television watching that. Actually, yeah, um, because it was it was always on, and I don't mean that in a bad way, no, really, because there's, there's only one series made of each, but it just always seemed to be on the telly, yeah, you know, um, and it formed like a massive part of like you know people of my generation and, and Paul's generation, a massive part of our childhood. It really did, and then I mean play away as well, which um, sometimes could be, I seem to remember sometimes it could be a, a bit anarchic for a, a children's TV show of the 1970s, especially for the BBC. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think as much as he was considered to be a safe pair of hands, I think he did like a a little pushing it a bit sometimes. Yeah, I think not so. much. Not I mean, much, not, not, no. not by not by not by anybody's standards today or whatever. No, no, exactly. And not by being particularly in any way subversive or offensive, but just yeah. Just, yeah. just that little bit. Exactly. I mean, he was... Um, I mean, talk about Play School. I mean, he joined Play School from its third episode mm. in, oh, what that been, about 1964, 65, I think. And he stayed with the programme for 21 years. Yeah. So he had to be doing something right. <laughs> he really did. He really did. So um, so it's very sad, very sad. Um, but I also, also forgot he's... Um, He's, or one of his sons, actually, um, was in an episode of... He was in um, Blink, wasn't he? Yes. Because he played the son of Sally Sparrow's best friend who got whipped back into the 
into the 1930s. Or yeah. the grand, was it grandson, wasn't it, or something, I should say. Not son, grandson mm. of, of that character in modern times. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what goes around comes around, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think Brian Kelvin suffering from Parkinson's disease for um, quite quite some time. And um, it just, it's just a shame that he was never on... He just sort of seemed to fall out of favour, which is a shame. Yeah. Really? really? I, I, yeah. I have no idea why. Because actually, he was still on telly a long time afterwards. Afterwards, well, exactly. In, re- in repeats, yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, very, very sad. So, um, yeah, there we go. That was the news, everybody. And that was the, that was the stats as well. So, uh, coming up next is our review of the Eaters of Light. So, for another week then, that was the news. Okay, everybody, let's discuss the Eaters of Light. The Ninth Legion and the Keeper of the Gate. They disappeared. Except they didn't. Where is my friend and what destroyed the Roman army? Something here managed to wipe out 5,000 Romans. Every hour of sunlight that feeds it makes the world darker and the beast stronger. Now, before we um, get cracking, let's go through our listener feedback and uh, see, or let's hear, rather, what you thought of this story. Um, So, first up, we have um, Ian Thomas McLean. Um, He says, a nice straightforward story with some nice unobtrusive callbacks and some great design work. Yeah, okay, thanks, Ian. Um, Next up, Jeff Waddle. Jeff says, simple enough story, filler. Next week's looks cracking, though. Don't know why the crows were saying master though. Are we getting the crow master as well? Um, I think someone answered your question there, Jeff, on Facebook. I think it's actually saying monster, not master. Yeah. yeah. So um, I must admit, when I first heard it, I thought it was saying master as well, actually. But um, it kind of made sense when the no. monster started charging no. up. There. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Kieran Hyman um, says brilliant. The dialogue in this was ten out of ten. Best moment must be the clever way that the Doctor used the popcorn to escape. And it was great how the resolution of the locals deciding to fight their own fight really paid off all the scenes of the Doctor berating that woman. But I did not understand the music at all, and the scene between Missy and the Doctor at the end smelt like a certain type of fan fiction. Next week's looks excellent too. Give us a kiss. Um, well, we, we like you, Kieran, but not in that way. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, not in this state. Can't, can't, no, exactly. can't really can't... think of anything to doing like that in this I know, I know, I know it's those... those, those... <laughs> Those hot nights and all that, but come on, you know, <laughs> take to the extreme. I think, I think, I think, I think we all need a cold shower. Really. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Robbie Bonham. Hi, Robbie, a friend of the show as well. Robbie's been on our podcast a couple of times now. Um, sh- short and sweet message from Robbie. It says, Androids of Tara vibe for some odd reason. Maybe it was the moustaches and haircuts. <laughs> so, okay. I can't say that that really hit me at all at any point. <laughs> You weren't getting a Peter Jeffrey vibe there, Count Grendel vibe off anyone, so no. Uh, and last we have Suki Kark, um, who says, It was a good episode. wasn't great and it wasn't rubbish. The Doctor and Nardo interactions were the best bits. I've been saying all series that Matt Lucas has been excellent. And with Capaldi leaving and Paul Mackey allegedly leaving, I'll be sorry to see this team disband. I'm assuming that Lucas is also a one-and-done series regular. He is, isn't he? We're, we're assuming as well, Suki. We don't yes. know. We just don't know. 
Um, so thanks for your feedback, everyone. Um, please keep it coming in. I'm going to have a couple of weeks to go, so please keep it coming. We do enjoy reading it out. Um, now, what did we think? What did we think about it? Um, Paul, over to you. What did you think? Um, I liked it, actually. Yeah? Um, wouldn't say that it is, you know, one of my all-time favourites or anything, but no, it had enough nice bits to keep going i think and yeah no quite enjoyed it yeah quite yeah I, I'm, i'd agree i'd agree with you i, I just think it wasn't memorable was it no well, it's, it's actually the first episode we've had that's been the dr anardal as the tardis team yeah um we haven't really there wasn't really a lot of bill until right at the end yeah, not really. No, not not no. not in the not as in a, you know, a companion to the doctor sort of way. Yeah, I think it's um. Would, would you well, say actually, actually, I quite liked it. Well, it was it was almost like an old fashioned, who story in in a certain way that like, the doctor and the companion will go their separate ways, meet the two separate sort of um, different sort of like fighting groups or whatever, and they all bring them together at the end. In, yeah. the, in the last episode or something, they all sort of join up. Um, it was sort of kind of reminiscent of that in a, in a in a funny way. That's the sort of vibe I was getting off of it. Anyway, um, but I, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. You know, I thought it was, it was really rather good. Um, it was nicely sort of. I thought the the idea of a monster that sort of eats light um, was a an interesting interesting premise, and also the way it just sort of de- it sort of desiccated the the body or desiccated people yeah. basically. Um, and it's sort of, even though you didn't sort of really see it do much, but you got sort of like, I yeah. think the, what it, what it was capable of, like it, it wiped out the Ninth Legion. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, to tell you. That was, yeah, yeah. was good as well. The fact that, you know, fearing that they was all going to be killed, she decided to let it through. Yeah. Yeah. To sort um, of like, you know, do, do the job for them. Yeah. Yeah. And in the hope that it would get, injured badly enough itself that they'd be able to whatever whichever lost would be out of the ninth legion and the monster would be too so badly wounded that they'd be able to finish it off themselves yeah and of course that didn't work did it no no but you could see the logic to it and why someone desperate may have done that yeah yeah i mean it, it made it did make sense to be honest that thing um yeah and the, i mean I think someone said about the, the dialogue. I think it was um, Kieran actually said about the dialogue. Um, I, I'd agree. There were there were some cracking cracking lines in this. I mean, they're saying about when the uh, the doctor was berating Carr, um, where she sort of boldly proclaimed that she, well, in a funny way, she had seen off the Ninth Legion. Just yes, <laughs> it, she did use a weapon to do it. Um, yeah, but I like, to... I like the fact, yeah, you had the attack dog in the attic. Yeah. Exactly. You decided to let well, it go. So she's not a warrior. She's an embryo. Did you throw your action figures at them? Yeah. I, I, I love that line. I thought it was it was really good. Um, and I thought the way. But, that, but and also, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on. You going to say? Yeah. Go. On. What, what was you going to say? No, I was going to say in a way that, that 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 then transpired into the them saying you sound like children, and the doctor saying you all sound like children. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like you know his 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 view of humanity. <laughs> well. But basically, they were children, weren't they? Really, because yeah. you know, it's um, you know, the, all, all the adults were basically wiped out, including the Ninth Legion. It was just, a, it was just a yeah. sort of bunch of boys left, um, yeah. sort of like to defend the Roman Empire. 
as it were. But um, yeah, I, I, I did quite, you know, I really, really enjoyed it, actually. I'm, I'm sort of, I must have, I sort of, I watched it a second time. Um, and I still wasn't quite sure what I thought about it, um, to be fair. Because I watched it on the first, and sort of, there was a lot of noise going on the first time I watched it because the kids were still up and everything, and I sort of didn't quite sort of yeah. get to grips with it that well. So I watched it the following day, um, and I was still a bit, it was good, but it didn't sort of grab me. It still hasn't really grabbed me. Um, it, I don't, no, I don't, I mean, I don't no, think, no, it's, it's not an episode. It's a, nice, I would, it's a it's, nice episode, yeah. Yeah, it's not one I would say, I fancy some Doctor Who, I'll put on the Eaters of Light. Yeah. It's, it's not one of those episodes. I think it's one of those episodes, if it, if it comes on, I thought, oh, okay, I'll settle down and watch this for 45 minutes. Yeah, you wouldn't turn it off rather than you wouldn't turn no. it on. No, exactly. Um, I thought and I thought it did tend to sort of, it rattled along at a good pace as well. It, it, it didn't drag. Um, no. It didn't sort of try and cram everything into the last 15 minutes or anything like that. So um, I thought it was rather... Sort of rather well paced, actually, and and good that the actually the the resolution wasn't just oh everybody lives and everybody's happy. Well, no, there, there wasn't anything like that at all, was there? No, it was just everybody does their job. Yeah, and that was it, really. Um, yeah, and I was sort of skipping to the end a little bit. I'm not so <laughs> Bill's attitude. That's Bill. Her attitude towards the Doctor. Um, she was actually sort of quite um, very resolute in the fact that he was not to get involved in this. This was their fight. Let them let them do it. Um, I don't know whether the the whole thing about he saw them as children rankled with her somewhat. Um, yeah, I don't know, or just that. I actually didn't want, didn't want to see like her best friend sacrifice himself. Um, yeah, but yeah, I suppose, I, I, suppose, I suppose you come off from the fact that. Not long ago, she was giving up her own planet to save him. Yeah. Then does she want to see him chuckle that away? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, the other thing as well that when one, one of the the, the picks um, sort of <laughs> sort of coshed the doctor basically, um, yeah. and there was no sort of reaction from Bill. It's, it was it was almost like it serves you right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, stay out, yeah. there, mate. Yeah, that, that's what needed to be done. Yeah, sort of exactly, exactly. So it yeah, was, um, yeah, the um. The one thing that I, I was trying to, the one sort of note I, I sort of made, and I think it's one of the things I missed on the first viewing, is if sunlight opened the gate, why didn't they just put another door on the, on the cairn to stop the sunlight getting in? But wasn't there a line uh, that Nardo said about they had to open it, otherwise it would just yeah. burst, basically? There had to be a point where they had to yeah almost release the pressure that was yeah. building up um, every now and then. Yeah. In a controlled fashion, yeah. So I did. I'm, like, I'm, I'm quite impressed that they managed to put in sliding sliding doors brickwork myself. That was quite amazing, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. So I did, I did yeah. notice that. Um, and also their um, their tribal music they played at the <laughs> end, which you could hear yeah. as, as ghostly music, it was actually was made on a synthesizer. It was, it was amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and especially seeing none of the band actually went through. No, they did. Did they, they did. They did. They followed them in. They did follow, right. but there was only about two musicians, though. <laughs> right. But they appeared to be like sort of like proper bagpipes and and what, what those sort of those weird sort of um, drums they have as well. 
You know, you know the ones I mean, those folks. Sort of, I, don't, I don't know what the bloody name is for them, but one of them. And, and but they had some bloke. I think there's one bloke with a lots of people got a guy with a penny whistle, another guy with some sort of makeshift violin um, right. going through the door. So, but that was the only thing that sort of took me out of it was that was that music. Yeah, because um, it was so obviously done not on the instruments that were there. So, um, but one thing I was impressed with Murray Gold's um, score. At some at certain points, it did sound like a, an old Roman epic from the nineteen fifties. Did you? Mm. Did you? Did you hear? Did you notice that? No, it's, it's, what do you mean? You just pick up on different music. We do, don't didn't we? we? Yeah, yeah. No, so parts of it did sound right. like one of those old Roman epics, which I thought was right. really, really. Sort of fantastic, to be honest. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I was just sort of apart apart from the the, the, the synthesized ghostly music. I thought, yeah, Barry Gold did a did a good job this week actually. Um, and I did also like the um, the bit where they're in the in the the tent, or you want to call it the Ute, whatever. Um, where they've all been sort of held prisoner with all the the spears and swords been held to the Doctor and yeah. throat, and he was sort of um, Nardo said, well, "I could make some popcorn. I won't take me on to rustle up." And you're sort of like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm ingratiating myself. Stop it! It's nauseating. So, <laughs> but yeah. I did like the doctor use that to escape the popcorn thing. Um, whether yeah. it, whether it, I don't know, did it explode like that? I've never actually made popcorn myself, but I presume it does. I think. Yeah, I don't know. That's the idea. Yeah. It's usually just in an enclosed container. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, actually, before I forget, going back to the um, the music that the. Um, the, the the picks were playing. It was that comment by Nardo saying, "This is worse than jazz." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, just the other thing about this is just actually you probably couldn't have got a bit a more Scottish uh, triumphant for this. Like main actor, writer, producer, and Scotland did take a bit of a kicking early on, didn't it? Well, it did, didn't it? So, what, was it Death by Scotland? Scotland yeah. <laughs> yeah, all, all the sun, all the sunlight, been, all the light. <laughs> been yeah. Yeah, yeah, his, his body has had all the sunlight taken away from it. Oh, definitely Scotland. <laughs> I was going to say, is it sort of like if you don't get like sunlight and um, it, the way it sort of fits? Because he said it takes decades for that to happen to your bones. Yeah, that's what the doctor said. Um, isn't that just basically rickets? No, I don't know. No, isn't it vitamin D? You don't get your body stops yeah. producing vitamin and that, D, and that, and that produces rickets. The lack of vitamin right. D. Yeah, I think that's what the lack of sunlight. In, in serious cases, um, mm. so it, it was, can result in rickets. So, what, so it's death by rickets, really. <laughs> Severe rickets, I think, was a uh, yeah. Huh? That's <laughs> but no, I did like it. I mean, that thing the doctors it was was examining that that corpse, that blackened looking corpse was. I couldn't sort of quite make up. It was all misshapen, and it, it didn't look rather unpleasant actually. Um, yeah. So I thought again, it, it, it was sort of it was on the right side of, of gory, right side of gory for for a family show going out at quarter to seven on the Saturday night, mm. which I thought was was okay. Um, what do you think of the, you know the supporting characters in this one? Sort of people like Carr. I thought she was good. I'm not sure about her brother. All oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, it was all right, but just a bit of a throwaway character and yeah i'm not quite sure i actually think really that the i mean i don't know what sort of average age a roman legion would have in it but they all did seem to be quite young yeah 
in know. that sense. And and then to tie, which tied in quite nicely with the fact I can understand that amongst the picks only the children would be left after a battle mm. that may have been told to go and hide in the hills somewhere yeah. to be safe. And then after everything's happened, obviously they're the only ones left. Yeah. But it just seemed a bit coincidental that all the the Romans were also extremely young. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a little bit, as you say, coincidental. Um, yeah. But I suppose in a funny way, it, it kind of had a, a, a decent payoff, didn't it? Because they, they sort of, the doctor was saying about time, especially the car, it's about time you grew up. Yeah. Um, and in the end, she did. You know, she 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 did sort of find it in herself to sort of go, go through the gate and sort of hold them off, prepared to do that on her own. Um, and then you had the, the legionnaires siding with her, which I, um, I I'm not too sure about the end. It was a little bit similar to last week's one with the Ice Warriors and the Victorian soldiers banding together to to resolve everything. It was kind of sort of. It's nice to see everyone getting on at the end and all that, but. Um, mm. I don't know whether it was a little. The end was a little bit samey. Um, to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, but but I suppose if you've got soldiers going, yes, would be maybe that they feel that uh, this is their destiny or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. My my point on that was I couldn't quite work out the idea of the time scale bit. Mm. Because we've had the doctor saying he was the ideal person because obviously he could live the longest in there yeah but surely you lived less time i don't know but i couldn't quite my brain can't quite work out whether it's a good thing that it's quicker time goes slower inside the gate than it does outside um because he was in there for two seconds yeah and how many and days? Two are, days. Two days. Yeah. So if they're in there for what? I don't know how many. <laughs> I'm trying to think how many days in hundred years or whatever. Well, it's just but, to say you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. How many seconds is that? Don't know. You know. Obviously, well, it, well, it, it, it just, the idea being that they they burn out very quickly. Well, no, or, I think, yeah, I think die it, very quickly. I think it was just a way well, of... Obviously, t- surely, if, if it was the other way around, it might well have been that case. Well, no, I think it was just a way to time the whole thing about the ghosts at the beginning, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the two kids that topped and tailed the episode. Um, yeah. I think it was oh, just no, a way no, to no, say no. that they're still fighting the good fight, basically. I think that was... Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you're supposed well, to... Yeah. That, that's what I can understand. But think too much about doctor's, it. <laughs> doctor's relation, the old doctor's reasoning was that it should be him because he would like, live longer. Hmm. Well, how much? Well, you I know, think he just wanted to sacrifice himself so they didn't waste their life doing that because there's no way yes. back for them, is there? That they're they're just fighting basically no. for, for eternity, really, aren't they? So they're holding back yeah. all, millions of them, not just one. You know, one that comes for every every sort of so many one every generation, whatever it was. Um, I also actually couldn't quite work out why they needed to. Why don't they just carry on as they did, but this time just not let it through? Well no, well, no, because they sent one back, didn't they? There's, the one's not meant to go yeah. back. I think that, that was the... So they just followed it into... And basically, it wasn't going to close until the sun had gone down. Right. I think that, that was that was the thing. So, so it was going to come through again anyway. So sent one back for another one to come back through. So 
I think they, I think the, at that point, the doctor saying that millions of them were just come through. But it, it's something to do with the fact they sort of broke the the cycle. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, see, I must admit that that bit passed me by. While all of a sudden yeah. they were all going to come through. But yeah, I, I couldn't understand why they actually needed to change their plan because it wasn't that she was overpowered by the the one that came through. No, no. She just decided to let it through to kill the Romans. Mm. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe they just sort of broke, by sending one back, maybe that that was enough yeah. to break the, the cycle or something. Like that's that's all I can really take from it, to be honest. But um, I like, I mean, I think, I think I like as well was, was the crow thing. Yes. That, that, I mean, I think that had a decent payoff as well. And I do like what what sort of like I don't know if that was a an idea of Ronald Monroe's or, or, or Stephen Moffat's actually, but I do like this thing of tying in to stuff that we we know as a, in the modern generation the whole the whole reason why why crows go car or car as it really yeah. is. So um, yeah, I like that. I did like that actually. Um, yeah, and the whole sort of like thing we could you know crows could talk. Um, yeah, yeah, I just liked it. I just, I just really like that aspect. A bit, bit, it's a silly little throwaway thing that had a, a, a good payoff, really, to my mind. Yeah. Anyway, I liked it. I did like it. Um, yeah. The now the other thing, the scene with Bill and the Romans all, all discussing. I think who, who, I think who, who's the biggest, <laughs> who's the biggest gay in, in the cave? Really, I think was or the, well, the only, the only gay in the cave, or the only gay in the village, what you want to call it. Um, I like the fact that was turned on its head. A little yes, bit as well. That she was in some way the yeah the odd one out because she only liked women. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like you said, though. You know, sort of like you know, it's um, it's a shame you're you're restricted and not modern like him. Yeah. So, which I thought was quite yeah. uh, quite good. Um, yeah, I think um, someone did make a, a comment. I, I did admit it from the um, from the feedback actually um, was that. Yeah, I think that they sort of alluded to the fact they were making a big thing that, that Bill's gay, um, despite saying they weren't going to make a big thing about Bill being gay. I didn't see this as it making a big thing about Bill being gay. No, just that she wasn't interested in him. Yeah. In much the same way as we'd had with uh, Knock Knock. Yeah. And she told um, the other flatmate there that yeah. there was no way he was her type. No, exactly. exactly. Um, it wasn't any different to that, to be honest. No, it was just then the fact that rather than her believing that he may well be shocked by it, mm. he was, but not for the reason she was thinking. No, exactly. She was sort of, sort of, not, sort of. Hey, oh, okay, then, cool. We're all, everyone's cool then, and that was, um, yeah. that was the end of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I did I, that scene. I quite liked actually. I just liked the way it was sort of turned on its head. Yeah, really. What it wasn't the um, sort of the, the 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 result you were expecting. No, to be honest, I think I think everyone's expecting sort of like the what's it um, was it Lucius to be a bit oh oh, but you know, his, his nose put out a little bit. But um, yeah, I was like oh okay then fine. You know, you're, you're like was it Vitus sort of his name was yeah yeah. So um, no, I like that. I I did like it. I mean, that's the thing. There's not I can't find anything to really sort of dislike. No, there uh, wasn't no, anything no, to there isn't. It, it was. It was an. I'd say it was an inoffensive episode, more than anything yeah. else. It was, it was a. Yeah, no, I think it was a good episode, but it's just yeah. not, not in the, perhaps at the, level of some of the others that we've had over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's. I mean, some. 
I think it was Jeff Waddle said this is sort of like treading water or filler. Um, I don't know if it was. I don't know if that's the right description for. I wouldn't say it was filler. I think I think people are just sort of they know what's coming mm. um, at the end of this series and just want it to happen. Yeah, and get it over and done with. Um, and, and I, I think, think there's there's you know, also a bit in this that because it's his last season. Yeah. Any any episode that isn't um, an absolute brilliant episode mm. is a failure. Because it's because it's considered to almost be a waste of his time. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that every because because we've only got these uh, this series. Yeah. Every episode of this series should be brilliant. Otherwise, we've just wasted an episode. Yeah, um, and I think that's sort of where we are with it. To be honest with you, yeah, I think I... a lot of people are looking at are measuring them by that standard as opposed to. A standard of a what is a good Doctor Who episode? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think to say it's a filler. It's, I wouldn't say it's filler, but it's certain episodes you could put anywhere in this series. Yeah, because it doesn't play any apart from the missy bit at the end, um, which, which which are always tacked on. As such. Yeah, um, they we, don't necessarily. They didn't. They don't, they're not part of the plot, really. Are no, they? I mean this was certainly tagged on um, at the end because um, Capaldi's hair was completely different to, yeah. what it, to what it was <laughs> during the rest of the episode. So his hair was considerably longer when he was in the TARDIS at the end. Um, I mean, last last week's one made more sense in the fact that we had to ask her help to get the TARDIS yeah back to Mars. It also slightly off about Nardal's reaction. Then, actually, having having been the person who originally got her out, let her out of the vault, to then be taking the moral high stand on it. Mm. Yeah, it was a bit a bit odd. That yeah. bit, it was a bit odd. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure about the whole Missy thing at the moment. I know I can understand what someone said. It does sound like like some awful fan fiction. Um, the, the Doctor and Missy getting remote, romantically involved. It did seem that it, if it was heading that way at one point. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we don't know if it is, but it, but it is. I mean, there's always been, even going back to the Pertwee years and whatever. Yeah, that they were friends at one stage. Yeah, and went their separate paths. Um. So the Doctor. Basically, wanting his friend back is not necessarily doesn't necessarily make it a romantic. No, but the but, situation. But people like to think like that, don't yeah. they? They're always sort of reading stuff into it that isn't there, or maybe oh, I don't. Maybe it is well, them. We haven't seen I it. I, I don't know. And I and I think and I think the uh, the little cameo in the next time trailer probably sort of. Gives you the impression that it was going somewhere. Yes, yes. Um, now I know some people stay away from the next time trailers, um, so I, I don't want to discuss that bit. Yeah. That's, too, that's why too I phrased much. it like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I've, I mean, everyone knows that the Mondasian Cybermen are, are coming back, but that's been known for for months now. Um, I've got to be honest; I'd completely forgotten that they were back in the in the final two episodes. Right. I I just sort of, it just slipped up because I've been enjoying this series and, and and going it week by week, and just enjoying it for what it is. I com- it's just t- completely slipped my mind. It's when I saw the trailer. Oh yeah, the Simon are back. I'd mm. completely forgotten about it. I think it's more a case of oh, are we there now then? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's unfortunately, we we are now in the in the final straight, aren't we? Yes. Because this series, we've only got two episodes to go. Um, I can't believe it's nearly already already over. Yeah. I really can't. I really can't believe it's nearly over. So. Um, and, and and I think that is obviously, in my opinion, why a lot of people are slightly down on this episode is because yeah, it's it's those it's it's almost that you know trip out that evening out or whatever party mm. or whatever that you look forward to for ages yeah and perhaps never quite delivers up to your yes. expectation yep maybe maybe or or it doesn't no, 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 no matter how good it is it's really never going to quite live up to that yeah or maybe it's a case of it does live up to your expectations and you're disappointed you're never ever going to get that high again yeah so it could go it could go either way really couldn't it yeah, could go. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not defending this episode. That that's that's one. No, no, it's indeed. <laughs> this, 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 we're never going to get this high again with this, this <laughs> Not with this episode, but so, I think no. certainly with the um, what, what's to come. Um, yeah. I, I've still got a, a, a snagging suspicion it's going to be a, a disappointing, really. But again, I'm, I'm, I don't even know why I think like that because I don't actually know what's going to. I've got generally no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where it goes, whose who's side who's on in yeah. a situation for it, yeah. Exactly, so hopefully it should prove to be interesting. That's yes. uh, that's all we can hope for. <laughs> it, it is just a certain person arriving in two-part end-of-season yes, specials that doesn't quite fill you with confidence, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, we shall see. We haven't got long to wait. I haven't got long to wait. Yes. week to go. So, um, I think that's just about it, really, isn't it? Yes. That is just about it. So we'll be back next week where we shall discuss the um, next episode, which is World Enough and Time. I love that that episode title. So um, until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Here is a box, a musical box, wound up and ready to play. But this box can hide a secret inside. Can you guess what is in it today? <laughs>